Yankee Tree Service, call them today, 401-439-6028. The tree trimming experts from Lincoln, you can always find them online, yankeetreeservice.com. Tree removal since 2006, 24-7 emergency service available. It's Yankee Tree. Folks, I've dealt with them for years. Tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, also emergency service, and bucket truck service you can depend on on Yankee Tree Service. Call them today. Get a free quote, 401-439-6028. And remember, with Yankee Tree Service, they have the licensed arbitrist. They'll come out and they'll explain which tree maybe you want to get removed, maybe what tree you don't want to get removed. Tree pruning, also one of the best things you can do for your property and for your trees. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today. The tree trimming experts based out of Lincoln. Call them at 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This story about these people stealing the uh, remains, body parts, and then selling them out of the morgue of the Harvard Medical School. It's so bizarre. It's so disturbing. I want to play. This is uh, the WBZ story on this. At Harvard Medical School and then sold. Several people from New England have been arrested. The theft of body parts, of course, is disturbing enough. But who bought the remains and for what use? WBZ's Christina Rex has that story. Blood and bone dominoes and boxes of bones were some of the things sold on Jeremy Pauly's Facebook page. To collect a human skull, it's like a holy grail for him. Uh. The Pennsylvania man is indicted in the nationwide mm. scheme that includes several defendants from New England accused of stealing body parts. He considers himself an oddities collector. Oddities is a broad term that can mean taxidermy, bones, medical memorabilia, and vintage horror. This TikTok video shows human bones on sale in Salem, an oddities collector found in 2021. No comment, what are you please, please, with these please. North Shore defendant Katrina McLean is also an oddities collector and seller, according to her since-deleted Instagram page. The sale of human bones actually is legal in every state except Louisiana, Georgia, and Tennessee. The problem in this case is that these bones were not these defendants' property to sell. I think it sets back the medical industry. John Pachaya Ferry owns John's Bones in New York and has collected human remains since he was 13. My father gave me a mouse skeleton when I was 13, and instead of presenting it as scary, creepy, and dark, he presented it to me as academic and educational, and that really pioneered my love for bones. He says all of his products are 50 to 100 years old and donated by people in the medical field and often purchased for research and learning. While he understands the love for bones and even sells them himself, the way the bones in this nationwide scheme were sold and used is wrong, he says. People that aren't willing to follow laws and are willing to do it um, for the wrong reasons, I completely do not agree with. Um, It really sets back the work that we're trying to do at John's Bones about making it more accessible and further demonizes the industry at large. In the nationwide criminal scheme, investigators say it was more than just bones that were exchanged, but skin and brains as well. Students here at Harvard Medical School worry this scandal will lead to a drop in donations and will affect future doctors' education. In Boston, Christina Rex, WBZ News. Well, of course it will. And they were, that woman in Salem, Cats creepy creations she she was a big you know part of that but it, it it's so twisted of who would want to be purchasing these things it even made it on to uh, news nation last night a man accused of stealing body parts from the harvard medical school morgue and selling them online now faces charges here's everything we know police say a former manager of the morgue took heads brains skin uh. and bones home then mailed them to buyers from 2018 to earlier this year. Authorities say in some cases, the man even allowed people to come to the morgue to pick up what remains they wanted to buy. Harvard Deans released a statement calling
deeming the matter, quote, morally reprehensible. Bonnies donated to Harvard Medical School are used for education, teaching, or research purposes. Apparently not. Once they're no longer needed, the cadavers are usually cremated. The former morgue manager's wife and five other people have also been indicted in the theft and sale of human body parts. You know, that guy treated as if, hey, if you're just going to throw it out, there's actually a market for this type of thing. So, you know, kind of reminds me of growing up. (laughs) Maybe you had a parent. You know, my mother sometimes would say, you know, does anybody want the rest of this meatloaf? If not, we're just going to throw it out. (laughs) So if I don't eat that, it's going to become junk, in other words, or it's just trash. Oh, okay. All right, destroy the rest of those body parts. I could destroy them. Or, you know, there's I have a guy in Pennsylvania who's willing to pay me for this stuff. My goodness. And the guy, Jeremy Pauly, if you haven't seen him yet, what does he look like? He looks like exactly the type of person who would, in fact, be purchasing. But, I mean, the guy is, half of his face is tattooed green. He has... Um, spokes sticking out of his head which is shaved he has he he looks it's like got a central casting of all right we need someone to play the part obviously lip piss piercings no i was wrong he's got three bolts sticking out of his head maybe four almost like horns weird earrings that's who was interested in um in purchasing them but I wonder if the defense is going to be, hey, they were just going to throw them out. And then, um, you know, until I found this guy in Pennsylvania that would, he would, I don't want to get to, but he would take the skin and dye it. And then so it's very possible there are people that are wearing clothing that is actually human skin. As frightening as that sounds. But then they figure, hey, if people are wearing, you know, normal uh, leather. Let me hear, this is the... um, other local story on this federal charges he's accused of selling body Terrible. parts that were donated to the school for scientific research R- prosecutors say brains bones and skin were sold ah. through the mail investigators say the buyers spanned across the country they say this man was buying human skin and a salem woman is accused of buying skulls she showcased in her shop for more on this gruesome scandal sevens rob way joins there us live outside harvard with more Amanda, Sam, the allegations are certainly disturbing. The medical school here at Harvard says they are appalled by these allegations. Their former employee now accused of being part of a network that sold and bought body parts. Anything to say to those who donated? No comment from 55-year-old Cedric Lodge walking out of federal court in New Hampshire, accused by the FBI of stealing human remains from Harvard Medical School and selling them for profit. Federal investigators say Cedric and his wife, 63-year-old Denise Lodge, both of New Hampshire, were part of a nationwide network of people buying and selling stolen human remains. Ah. According to federal prosecutors, Cedric worked in the morgue at Harvard Medical School, where human cadavers are used in teaching medical students. In the indictment, they explained from 2018 to 2022, Cedric stole dissected portions of donated cadavers, including, for example, heads, brains, skin, bones, and other human remains, and allegedly also used his access to the morgue to allow others to enter the morgue and choose what remains to purchase. Why start doing this? Cedric is accused of taking the There's body parts from the college it. to his home, where he and Denise allegedly used social media and their phones to sell them, sometimes sending the human remains through the mail. Harvard releasing a statement saying in part, we are appalled to learn that something so disturbing could happen on our campus, a community dedicated to healing and serving others. The reported incidents are a betrayal of HMS, and most importantly, each of the individuals who altruistically chose to will their bodies to HMS through the anatomical gift program to advance medical education and research. Oh, the three are going back. Oh, they're going around. Neighbors sharing cell phone video of the feds descending on the lodge's home in Goffstown back in March. Wednesday morning, neighbors say the feds were back, this time taking the lodges into custody during a pre-dawn wake-up call, leaving behind the couple's two cars in the driveway with those eerie vanity license plates. The builder thought they were great, nice people. Shocking. Hold on, can I just see those license plates? What were those grisly license plates again? 
Um, I just want to see the one, the part of what the license plates were. Oh, yeah, Grim Reaper was one. And then, um, I mean, all the clues are right there. Dark Shadows. Yeah, Dark Shadows. All right, they're not that bad, but it's still very bizarre. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Unique health. It's not a diet change. It's a lifestyle change. Call Sandra today. Schedule that free seminar, 401-269-9155. Unique health. Look for them on both Facebook and Instagram. Extreme weight loss. Increased metabolism, energy, sustainable weight loss. Unique health. Call them today. Free seminar, 401-269-9155. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. How about Nathan Carmen? This bizarre case, for now anyway, seemingly comes to a close. He leaves a note. This is the guy who took the mother. Let's hear the Channel 10 story on following news Nathan Carmen suspected parent killer Nathan Carmen news yeah. of his death before he parent was to be tried killer. for his mother's murder at sea and his trial was supposed to start in just a few months NBC yeah. 10's Katie Benoit is in the studio with the shocking turn of events Katie right oh I like the sound effect of the Jean Patrice, federal authorities have already moved to dismiss criminal charges against 29-year-old Nathan Carmen a local lawyer tells us that's standard in a situation like this Federal authorities say 29-year-old Nathan Carmen of Vermont died Thursday at a facility in Keene, New Hampshire. While the cause of his death is being investigated, his attorney says he left a note behind. I spoke with him last night for an hour. He was in fine spirits. We were very encouraged. We had action items that we were going to address today, and the plan was to speak with him this afternoon. Something happened last night we don't know yet. NBC10 was at Carmen's arraignment last year in Vermont. He pleaded not guilty to an eight-count indictment, alleging he killed his mother while on a boat in 2016. The two had left from a dock in South Kingstown. The alleged motive? To gain millions in inheritance and insurance Maybe money. Killed the Carmen was rescued from a raft days later near Martha's Vineyard. But Linda Carmen's body was never found. He was scheduled to face trial this fall and was being held without bail. We look forward to addressing this case on the merits. We'll never reach them. But uh, it's important to remember that Nathan Carmen, like all of us, is presumed innocent until proven guilty. The charges against Carmen are now dismissed. A local lawyer explains why. That's the the rule, because there's no defendant to uh, appear, no defendant that can answer to the case. Uh, And it's in civil cases. Now they can sell his body parts from Harvard. Prosecutors say Carmen also shot and killed his grandfather in 2013 for inheritance money. He was never formally charged in his grandfather's death. Live in the studio, Katie Benoit, NBC 10 News. What a total nutcase. What a dramatic ending. Now, the, the, he was supposed to go on trial for that this fall. He was on trial in Rhode Island because he went out of uh, Galilee, right? Yeah, he went out of Galilee in the... The, the there were people that testified that it seemed odd the way that he was doing some things to his boat. So and it it definitely people that were watching him down at the dock, he was basically drilling holes into his boat and then he was able to escape. Um but then Obviously, the mother was not. This is actually the voice of him, why he's going after the insurance claim on his sunken boat. This is the voice now of Nathan Carmen. I almost feel like I have a responsibility to my mom to make sure that the truth comes out. And Mr. Farrell of the insurer's boat U.S., Berkshire Hathaway, uh, National Fire and Liability, have made claims against me that are so tremendous. I don't feel like I can walk away from that. What a total, total nutcase. Well, that's the way now it ends. Um, but and the, the trial, certainly, um, and he left behind a note, as a matter of fact. I think I mentioned that. So, but it's, this is someone, 
I mean, you want to talk about there's something off with this guy, though, in, in a big way. I know people are writing takes his secrets to the grave. I, I'm not I'm not so sure about that. I know people are saying takes his secrets to the grave. I don't I don't think so. I, I think we have a very good idea of exactly what happened here. So I I don't think um, as much as then the, there was no trial with him. I think we we have a very clear photo that there's something off about this individual, that he took the life of both his grandfather and his mother, seemingly for insurance. Maybe there were other reasons, but I'm not sure exactly what they would be. But I think that we, you know, this business of now we're never going to know. I I disagree. I think we know exactly what happened here none of it good as a matter of fact none of it good but so the case of nathan carmen so bizarre how they started out um how he went i I, i'm a little surprised that the mother even went with him on the boat trip when by all accounts he's definitely the one that killed the grandfather and then the mother okay we'll just put that to the side and go off on a nice little cruise with my son nathan huh that's funny we seem to be taking on water um yeah you were taking on water all right he was getting into the raft and then you were just kind of being left there now the other story uh jack jack texera has been indicted by the federal grand jury i just want to play this this is another massachusetts story as a matter of fact jack texera was indicted for taking and posting classified documents senior investigative correspondent aaron katersky has the latest good morning aaron george good morning to you the indictment said jack texera knew he was risking grave damage to the national security of the united states but went ahead anyway and mined defense secrets while working at an air national guard base in massachusetts then shared those materials online This morning, Jack Texera is behind bars, awaiting a new court date to answer expanded charges he leaked America's defense secrets. The 10-page indictment accused the young Air National Guardsman of willful retention and transmission of national defense information, including the kind of military hardware the U.S. was prepared to deliver to Ukraine and how it would get there. Texera allegedly posted information regarding the provision of equipment to Ukraine, how the equipment would be transferred, and how the equipment would be used upon receipt. There was also a government document discussing a plot by a foreign adversary to target United States forces abroad. A judge has already said the list of people Texera put at risk is as long as a phone book, and now he is facing decades in prison. Texera is already being held without bail, in part because of what a judge called his fascination with guns. In this video, he is seen at a gun range shooting at a target after making racial and ethnic slurs, countering a defense claim that he posed no danger, and calmly read the Bible on his back porch prior to his April arrest. The indictment is based on six leaked documents, but Michael, it's believed there are dozens more and additional charges are possible. We reached out to Texera's lawyer and his family. Michael, neither would comment on the indictment. All right. Yeah, he's he's not going anywhere uh, fast. So two very bizarre stories. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency, think AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. AtMed Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At AtMed Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now if you're in a car accident go to atment urgent care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations laboratory testing atment urgent care when it's an emergency 1524 atwood avenue in johnston that's right in the atwood medical center and also 5750 post road east greenwich online at admedurgentcare.net 
You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. The McKee two-week controversy over the email seemingly now ends in a resignation. Channel 12 taking the victory lap, and I don't blame them. Has resigned. Good evening, I'm Shannon Heggie. I'm Mike Montecalvo. David Patton submitted his resignation today under mounting pressure following alleged sexist, racist, and unprofessional behavior on a taxpayer-funded trip. In a statement today, Patton's lawyer apologized on his client's behalf, referring to the behavior as an acute stress event. Months after the Whatever trip, that prompted means. a scathing email to Governor Dan McKee's office, embattled state property director David Patton is stepping down. He's been on paid leave since three days after the March 10th taxpayer-funded trip to Philadelphia to visit state contractor Scout LTD. After the trip, Scout officials wrote an email alleging, quote, blatantly sexist, racist, and unprofessional behavior, mostly focused on Patton's actions. Scout officials also accused Patton's former boss, Jim Thorson, of failing to intervene during the trip. Scout's letter has made national news since Target 12 won a public records complaint, forcing Governor Dan McKee's True. office to release the document last week. In a statement Thursday, Patton's attorney, Michael Lynch, reiterated his stance that Patton's behavior was the result of a mental health event, but acknowledged Patton must step away because of how distracting the issue has become to the state. Lynch went on to apologize on behalf of his client, adding that of any of the matters that occurred, quote, none were part of his fabric and were in no way intentional. Patton's resignation is effective June 30th. And when asked why the governor hadn't fired Patton prior to his resignation, a spokesperson for the governor said they were prepared to move forward with disciplinary proceedings, but it would have required a hearing that could have extended well beyond Mr. Patton's resignation date of June 30th, resulting in the continuation of his paid administrative leave at a cost to taxpayers. Now, the state police are also conducting a criminal investigation, and today the Rhode Island Ethics Commission filed a complaint against both Patton and Thorson. Now again, though, notice he was well, able to resign. He yes. didn't. He wasn't fired. McKee looks really bad here. As a matter of fact, Governor McKee couldn't look any worse here. This went on for two weeks. Two weeks. National story. Total embarrassment. I mean, they just bungled it. And Governor McKee, what also has happened is that this also uh, furthers the uh, very dysfunctional relationship between the governor in and the local media. We're now Governor McKee. I mean, and I don't blame. I don't blame Channel 12 and, frankly, the Providence Journal for spiking the ball in the end zone. As a result of their actions, this guy was forced to resign. Governor McKee didn't ask him to resign. He was then forced out and next thing you know okay so he's gone but the damage done to governor mckee his image the administration um it continues and he also this is a win for let's go over the winners and losers here winners attorney general peter norona ruled released the email channel 12 providence journal Boston Globe jumped on it. The losers, Governor McKee, and then Thorson already has a new job, and then this guy Patton is out. But huge, huge win for the media against Governor McKee. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane heating and cooling. It's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 
252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Time once again, Politics This Week, edition two of... Once again, it's Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. And Justin, this ill-fated Philadelphia trip made by some Rhode Island representatives... The story's actually getting bigger, Justin. This is week two now. This was the famed trip members of the McKee administration made to Philadelphia trying to pitch this whole business regarding the Cranston Street Armory. Governor McKee, as we know, tried to hide the email. Attorney General Peter Narona ruled that it needed to be released. And since we last spoke, the story's now been picked up by both the New York Times the Washington Post, and Governor McKee is continuing to come under fire, and I want to hear your latest thoughts. Well, the first thing I have to wonder is, if, if McKee was trying to hide these emails, why wasn't he generating talking points? Why wasn't he working on his response when things finally came out? That seems right. to, you know, the only reason I could see to try to delay the information is to have some time to do that. And he just, he just hasn't done it. Uh, so it's, it's really a, a shame and, and he should have seen it coming. I mean, in part, because as we've discussed already, the, the, the impression of extortion uh, in this is, is to me the biggest story, but it's got the trappings of, you know, the two white men who go to another state and they're sexist and yes. racist. And that's going to catch the attention of national media. You just you just know it is. And so they should have been prepared. Uh, the, the other uh, that's an excellent other... point, by the way, and we're talking about, you know, there's such an uh, importance and focus on diversity. And yet look who's going down to represent the state and by all accounts, you know, they're, they're meeting with some very diverse individuals in Philadelphia. That's an excellent point that I haven't heard anyone else make. Right. Well, I, it's, and, and you know that that's, I mean, even if those are the two people in the office and they're going down, I mean, you know, this is an issue of interest. And so when it becomes controversial, you can't run and hide from it. Uh, and the other, the other thought I had was uh, the Thorsten, the, I guess the, the higher ranking of the two who went down uh, has yes. released a statement saying I didn't do anything. I was, he was, his behavior was strange. As soon as we got back, I went to HR. Uh, and in some ways I have sympathy for that because it's, it's, it's difficult in the moment. I mean, after the fact from a distance, it's easy to say, Oh, you should have taken him out and did that, you know, well, maybe, you know, you don't know what the dynamics in the office are. You don't know all kinds of things. It's hard to say. Um, and what he actually saw versus what he didn't. But what, what, strikes me there is the i'm thinking if i were in a private company and i've got this 50 100 million dollar deal going and one of my employees is starting to say all this crazy stuff i'm not going to just try to okay let me be quiet and i'll go to hr when i get back i mean this is your livelihood now and i the so my second thought is that the you know in government in bureaucracy you have this almost allowance that that creates these situations where people don't react as they should i mean in a in a private company thorson should have said okay you're done <laughs> go back to the hotel i will finish sure. this uh, but yeah. but in a, in a government situation i mean with unionized government you don't you can't really act that way because you don't i mean there's all kinds of leverage plus you're never really going to be accountable for it you can just go to hr and file a report and you did your part and if the deal goes through oh well um but I, th- I think that so th- that's the other area here. I just don't think in this kind of situation, it, it, it's a good example of why both McKee's inability to prepare for this or anticipate uh, what kind of crew to send down and Thorson's inability to stop Patton's strange behavior. I think we see an indication of how how government is not well suited for this sort of activity. Justin, you know what's interesting is I, I want to know the background. Like, how much did these guys work together? Had they ever made a trip together, you know, before? What other endeavors have they gone on, you know, that maybe they had some success? The whole peering is unusual. Thorson was the one that ultimately was in charge. But, you know, I can just think back to, uh, granted, it was some time ago, but 
let's just say, you know, there's someone at some kind of a company function, like a company Christmas party or, you know, some element in, in someone maybe there's been alcohol and someone actually pulled someone inside and said, you know, at no point in, in Thorson's explanation does he, did he pull them aside and kind of said like, hey, what's with you? Get it together. We're here representing the state behave. Um, I, I, don't you find it's an odd dynamic that granted he was the one in charge and yeah, he went to HR, but he didn't do anything seemingly like in real time uh, at, while they were in Philadelphia for the day. Right, precisely. And I mean, from what I, from what the statement suggests, I mean, he did do kind of some stuff, but it was sort of behind the scenes things you'd do if you were in kind of in a bureaucracy and you don't want to start any fights. Right. Like, I, I paid for lunch once I realized they opened early. Okay, well, that's a start. Uh, but, but it's, it's really, and then the, the de minimis comment where apparently yes. uh, Patton was given some sneakers or something and asked, is, do I need to report this? And Thorson said, ah, oh, it's de minimis. He says now he, apparently he thought it was just a box. And then when he found out there were shoes inside it, he said, he, he said they'd be sent back. And, you know, I, I kind of questioned that. But yeah, that sort of thing is exactly the point where you say, no, <laughs> you know, best behavior here. We're, we're here representing the state. We're here to try to close a deal. Um, and I think that that gets to the, the whole point in a private industry. I mean, even even the extortion. Right. I mean, Pat, one of the the whole thing started out with Patton sending a text saying uh, you have you have three hours to convince us to give you 50 million dollars. That's yes. the wrong attitude in a right. you know, in a private business situation. Each party is getting something they want, something right. of value. And so you're not extorting. You're saying you're saying, OK, OK, we want to be on our best behavior because this deal is in our interest too. And when you when you filter economic development through government in this way, uh, you don't get that attitude. It's not a benefit. It's you going out with a contract to hand out to somebody who should be happy to get it. And I think that attitude sets up the situation where you get this feeling of, well, first of all, the feeling of a sense of corruption, like, okay, you have to give me something because I can give you all this money. Uh, and, but also just this sense of, a lack of responsibility to make sure things go well and and you see what you get and now here you go i i mean it, you, you can imagine uh the, those people tasked with doing similar things now for the state of rhode island going into a boardroom in another part of this the country and oh to somebody who's going to do a deal with rhode island and that person saying ah do you want some sneakers you know or something like that <laughs> That's right. i mean it's i hate china yeah exactly yeah. You, you could see it becoming like a joke for economic development officials in Rhode Island going around the country. And it's, it, it really, if it were a company, I mean, we already know this from decades of experience, but if Rhode Island were a company, it would be out of business. And this is, yeah. this is a big reason why. Now, Justin, a couple of um, your reaction, a couple of things. Governor McKee said, well, I, I didn't have a line item for this in my budget. So it was never happening. Um, then, then, <laughs> Then why were they why were they flying to Philadelphia? I can see we're gonna hold a meeting, come up here, you know, give us, as I said, whatever type of presentation, PowerPoint, the whole thing. But don't don't you find that odd? If Governor McKee is saying, "Well, we were never doing it. I didn't put in for this in my budget," then I mean, does, don't you find that? Then why 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 were they flying down to Philadelphia for the day? Yeah, exactly. I mean, was it was it a vacation? Did they have the authority to just say, hey, let's let's go to Philadelphia? I mean, who knows? Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. And, you know, actually, now that you mention it, from time to time, when there's a controversy, uh, the, the police issues in Cranston on the mayor phone come to mind. They, the people involved call in the state police or somebody to do a report and say what happened. I think that would be kind of valuable in this in this situation. Yes. Who, yeah. What, what were they doing down there? Who were they? What was their authority? Why did this happen? I think that would be a, a very valuable thing to see. And it's the sort of thing the McKee administration would have maybe thought of while they were hiding the email uh, if they were their intention was to to figure out how best to present it. But apparently they're flat footed on that as well. Do you think, uh, based on what we've learned now, do you think that this patent should have been terminated? Well, I mean, obviously he deserves due process, but it, based on the information, and I haven't seen contrary. In fact, he's he's put out a statement that I read as basically admitting it, but making excuses that he, he's dealing with a lot of um, issues at the moment. Um, I I think yeah. I mean, I, well, I think I think he ought to resign, but I think termination is is certainly not uh, is certainly 
justified. I mean, part of that, though, is, again, not understanding why these particular two went down, what their role yes. is. That's the only right. out I could possibly see. If, if he is mainly, say, I'm just picking this out of the air, if he is mainly an accountant and was doing this as a favor to somebody else or sure. said, we need somebody to go down, you go, I could see maybe saying, look, I, I messed up, I admit it, but it my job is accounting and I just won't do this anymore. I could see that maybe, but then, you know, that's part of the problem we're here. We're in here is we don't, we don't really know who these guys are, what they were doing there and, and all what their role normally is. Yeah. Um, the, the one aspect of this is right now at the state house, they're discussing Leobor and saying, you know, we need to revise Leobor to hold police more accountable. Well, what no one's talking about, Justin, that you and I know is I want to remind people, you know, Listening, this guy, he's a state employee making 175, and that's not health care and pensions. You want to talk about Leobor reform? Good luck trying to get rid of a state worker. He's been out since the Monday after this happened, and now he's on paid administrative leave. Um, folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week with Justin Katz right here on the John DePietro Show. Get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 25 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating. Call for a free estimate today, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J. Perry Paving, a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs. No matter how big, how small, contact them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. What a difference it makes for your driveway, for your business, parking lot, J. Letter J, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730, online at jperrypaving.com, and look for them on Facebook. Our segment is Politics This Week. With us is Justin Katz, managing at Rising.com. Well, Justin, staying with the McKee uh, Philadelphia trip controversy, I think this is interesting that it could start to kind of bleed into that CD1 race. Um, you know, they were very frequently touting the McKee-Matos team and the McKee-Matos administration. What is your take on this businessman from Jamestown who is now to go after Sabina Matos, the lieutenant governor, who, according to her internal polls, has a double-digit lead in this uh, race for CD1. But what what is your thought on on him uh, trying to link her in like, hey, you know, you're part of the McKee administration and you're partly accountable for what happened in Philadelphia. Well, I, I mean, he's got a point uh, up until this last election or the previous. Yeah, this last election, he that would have been kind of everybody could have scoffed at that. Like the lieutenant governor is not part of the administration. That's right. But especially when it was Raimondo always at loggerheads with McKee and it was, they were obviously not a team, but they ran as a team. And so it's, it's, a, it creates an interesting, and it's one of the, you know, it's an actually a good argument for having the lieutenant governor and governor run as a ticket because they're both kind of accountable. Uh, but he, he put her on the ballot uh, as yeah. we, as we, analyzed it uh, to cover himself with the, you know, the, the minority vote and say, look, I'm, I'm putting her right in my administration. We're going to work hand in hand. I mean, that was, yeah. that was how they were sold. So it's, it's completely legitimate to suggest yeah. that. Um, and, and also just finally, do you think could this, um, could this have legs against her? You know, they've been, you have the parades, you have all the campaigning. If, if I'm the Matos people and you're looking at this, you know, obviously she's uh, running CD1. I, I don't know if I want to be next to Governor McKee in the, the Bristol Fourth of July parade right about now. <laughs> now that, that's a good that's a good point. I mean, there there is a path for. I mean, it, the other can, can, candidates should make a make an issue of this, and there there are 
responses she could make to it. Uh, of course, they're, they can get sticky depending how, how aggressive her opponents are. If they're saying, well, what are you doing if you're not involved in this kind of stuff? What is your role? And she can say, well, I'm not going to do stuff like this. But it is, you know, we, once upon a time, politicians did back away from those who messed up. And I'm sure That's right. uh, I'm sure she, she will do that. And the, but the challenge for her is there's just so much that she could be attacked for in the McKee administration, and she right. she isn't. So so the reason we're talking about this this businessman's uh, comment linking her to McKee is because others aren't doing it, which is which That's is right. a curious thing. It's an it's an interesting thing, and uh, I think it's what you get when you have basically a one party state. Is they're all in bed together. You can't you can't isolate McKee from Matos because they're both Democrats. So you've got to you've got to have damage control for the the party, which we saw when even Nerona endorsed McKee, despite obvious misgivings. I mean, that's, that's right. They, they won't probably won't make a big deal of it, but but they ought to. And then finally, um, just your thought on it was the Boston Globe who then also uh, Brian Amaral went up to Governor McKee and says, does this say something about the type of people that are part of your administration? And Governor McKee got very, you know, upset and brisk and said, we kind of dismissive, um, kind of gave him a death look. We have good people. What, what is your thought on, despite all of this, you know, I, I think the problem is Governor McKee seemingly is very comfortable with these types of guys. They, um, you know, they may not be the sharpest tools, but they're, it's kind of like, the, but they're his team. Uh, this is someone that he he seemingly has a problem in attracting talent. And, and also, let's just put this out, Justin, as much as people may want to criticize uh, Gina Raimondo, the former governor, now Congress, there's I, I just there's no way this would have happened under Raimondo. I, I don't believe she would have ever sent these types of individuals representing the state in that fashion. And people need to remember, Justin, we're, we're talking about. You know, as you said, these guys are making decisions on giving these people 55 million. That's no, you know, that's no small number. That's not someone going out to, say, explore some new office space. This is a sizable commitment. The McKee handed these guys the responsibility to go and carry out for the people of the state. Certainly. And I, I think it points to, I mean, Raimondo had that experience in the private sector and investment yes, and, and business. Point. And so she brought that. I mean, McKee was a business owner, I'm, I'm, I'm told, but, uh, but he, he didn't, he, either he's forgotten what he learned or it was a very different environment. Yeah. But so she just would have had it in her mind. Who right. am I sending? Why? What's their mission? Let me keep them focused. Uh, and that that's that's very different from when you're just, hey, I've, and the, kind of the attitude we, we've seen with me McKee from the beginning is, hey, I've got this now. I can give out jobs. I can I can leverage this. I can buy votes. I, I mean, he's thinking of it like a politician, and his his instincts are not there. And so, Raimondo, I think with that with that background in, in investment and small business, and also with her national aspirations, would have been was very careful about this sort of thing. Everything was very well scripted and prepared, yeah. and and you can bet if if this had happened for some reason under her she would have had a prepared right away her her whole her many dozens or however many pr people would have been in a room that night okay what are we doing they would have had the explanation they would have had the report they would have said okay we're going to disavow them we're going to do this they would have been just much better prepared because they were looking at it well first of all with a with an understanding of, of business and how the world works but also with that very strategic political eye which mckee is just so often Tone seems down. to be just yeah. well and along for the ride. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Falcon Pest Services. Twelve months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today. 401-739-1322. Free consultation. 401-739-1322. Locally owned and operated, serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. They offer services for termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats, in the summertime, spring, fall, mosquitoes, and many other pests. Call today for a free consultation, whether it's for your home or a restaurant. Maybe it's once a year. Maybe it's once a month. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 
1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipietro.com it is amazing that the governor mckee scandal involving the business trip of these representatives from rhode island to philadelphia that it's actually getting worse and i didn't think that was possible but it's now been picked up by the new york times by the washington post it has become a national story it is an embarrassment for the state governor mckee has shown he is not capable of leading the state or attracting the proper people now channel 12 is a story the former high-ranking rhode island official jim thorson has broken his silence about the infamous email about their behavior on the business trip to philadelphia let's pick it up the channel 12 story tonight as rhode island makes national news over the behavior of two state officials on a business trip we're now hearing from one of those two officials for the first time about his response to the allegations contained in an email target 12 fought to obtain target 12 investigator tim white is here now with those details and the governor's response Jim Thorson was the director of the Department of Administration when he took that wild trip to meet with a state vendor. This morning, he released a statement responding to critics who say Thorson should have intervened when one of his subordinates began to act inappropriately. An email obtained by Target 12 after a legal fight with the McKee administration contains allegations of shocking behavior by state property director David Patton during a visit to state contractor Scout LTD in Philadelphia. In one instance, he's accused of telling a female executive at Scout, if I knew your husband wasn't going to be here, I would have come last night. The state had hired Scout to redevelop the Cranston Street Armory, but the email says Patton demanded freebies while on a tour and accuses then-DOA Director Jim Thorson of standing by while Patton acted outrageously. On Wednesday, Thorson issued a statement through his attorney writing, I was aware that Patton was behaving strangely during this trip and was not representing the state in an appropriate or positive way, but says he felt the need to power through the visit because of, quote, time constraints. Thorson says he went directly to Human Resources when they returned to report Patton's behavior, adding, I did not engage in the conduct described, nor would I ever condone such conduct. I haven't read the statement in full, but Governor McKee stood by Thorson on Wednesday. He's there to be supportive and with information and, and to be cooperative. So I think from that point of view, it's, you know, Jim's just showing how professional he is. At one point, the email says Patton demanded Scout Colin a favor to open a high-end restaurant for lunch, telling them to do so if you want $55 million in funding. Thorson claims he didn't realize that was why the restaurant was empty when he ate lunch and says he later paid for the meal personally. Patton is on paid administrative leave. The state police are investigating the trip. Coming up, new at 6, what Thorson says about the gifts Patton allegedly took from vendors while on the trip. With the Target 12 investigators, Tim White, 12 News. Now, Channel 12 is obviously spiking the ball in the end zone, taking a victory lap, rightfully so, by the way. Governor McKee, this is like a, the guy just can't get out of his own way. The governor is demonstrating new levels of incompetence. And there's a lot of allegations here, as many of you have heard, of that these guys were sent down there to solicit a bribe. Governor McKee trying to say, oh, no, we have good people working for us. He wouldn't condemn their actions. But now even more information comes out. Let's pick it up again. And I'm giving them full credit. Channel 12, WPRI. Hey, they were the ones that started to fight to get this email released. Governor McKee right now, his war with the media is actually getting worse. Let's pick it up. More details about the vegan cheese and the basketball sneakers. Thank you, Tony. New details now in a bizarre case the Target 12 investigators have been tracking for months. A controversial trip by two Rhode Island officials to Philadelphia has now garnered national attention. The allegations outlined in an email obtained by Target 12 after a public records fight with the McKee administration have shocked many and sparked calls for accountability. Target 12 investigator Tim White is here now with today's developments. Tim? On Wednesday, Jim Thorson, one of the men on that now infamous trip, issued a statement speaking out for the first time about what he witnessed and saying he did his best to navigate a difficult situation. 
Vegan cheese, hand-blown glass, sneakers. Just some of the items executives at state vendor Scout LTD say were taken by high-paid state official David Patton while on a taxpayer-funded business trip to Philadelphia. An email by Scout outlining Patton's alleged blatantly sexist, racist, and unprofessional behavior was sent to Governor Dan McKee. On the trip with Patton was Jim Thorson, McKee's then-director of administration. Scout executives say Thorson told Patton the gifts were de minimis legalese. That means the gifts were not valuable enough to trigger state ethics rules. In a statement released Wednesday, Thorson claims he did not know there were shoes in the shoe box Patton was holding while on the tour, writing, when I later learned that the box contained sneakers, I directed him to return them immediately. Thorson acknowledges Patton wasn't behaving appropriately, writing, I was aware that Patton was behaving strangely during this trip and was not representing the state in an appropriate or positive way, but says he felt the need to power through the visit because of, quote, time constraints. Thorson says on return, he went directly to Human Resources to report Patton's behavior. I haven't read the statement in full, but Governor McKee stood by Thorson on Wednesday. He's there to be supportive and with information and, and to be cooperative. So I think from that point of view, it's, you know, Jim's just showing how professional he is. Patton is on paid administrative leave. McKee has said he is waiting until the state police investigation wraps up to decide whether to fire Patton. With the Target 12 investigators, Tim White, 12 News. Which means the story just continues. Should be a routine trip. I want to repeat what I've said. I still don't understand why these individuals couldn't have just come to Rhode Island and presented a PowerPoint presentation uh you know during if the pandemic taught us anything people work remotely in the zoom let them come up here then let them come what what were they doing there in the first place and i want to repeat if governor mckee keeps saying well this project was never happening i didn't put it in my budget well then why did they go there so these are the people that are making a decision and something that's no small amount of money we're not talking about five hundred thousand we're not talking about one million we're talking about 55 million and these are the individuals that you send. The story's not over yet. Governor McKee is so angry at the media, but he has no one to blame but himself. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401 580 1852 limitless outdoors they specialize in patios walkways steps they did a fantastic job on my outside steps outdoor kitchens landscape lighting retaining walls lawn installations excavation call limitless outdoors today let's dream build and enjoy 401-580-1852 based in smithfield limitless outdoors they also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces limitless outdoors call them today free quote get the most of your outside you're gonna love what they can do for you 401-580-1852 401-580-1852 limitless outdoors dream build enjoy Remember to log on to DePetro.com. We have original stories, original videos, also links to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Plus, you can get some great merchandise in the shop. Log on to DePetro.com. 